You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Who Dad What Know, the history podcast that's not your history class, with me, your host, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books. I know some of you who have been with me for a long time may be getting a sense of deja vu with this ed- editode? episode. I mean, that that was never going to go smoothly. Things were going too well for me, weren't they? But here's the thing, if you have been following me for a long time, if you've been listening for a good while anyway, you'll know that I was planning on redoing some of the earlier episodes because the audio is well dodgy and when I was initially making this, I was trying to keep it as, I want to call raw as possible, I was trying to stay true to me and because I have ADHD and I have a stammer, you know, I would try and keep bits of that in. Which usually led to people leaving like reviews like, why are you repeating yourself? And I would get so many complaints about it. And sometimes I'll keep it in, you know, but sometimes there's just so much story to be told that I don't do that anymore. But when it comes to this episode in particular, what spurred me on remaking it? Well, before I go into that, I should probably say if you are new here and this is the first episode you've jumped into, I am going to try and swear less because I do have the mouth of a sailor sometimes. I think it just happens when you grow up in Scotland, like you kind of gain this sort of punctuation with with profanity. And it's pretty fun. It's it's good and it's actually a mark of intelligence, I think of mine. But I am going to try and not be as <clears throat> profane, I guess. Uh, but yeah, warning, I, I do use adult language. I don't shy away from topics, you know, that should and will be discussed. But yes, about this episode, I have like a vendetta 
like an angry rage when it comes to the erasure of women in history and how they are often just lied about you know there's so many things like we have Elizabeth Battery who was you know accused of being this evil like horrific like vampiress villain you know the blood countess and really she was no worse than any other medieval ruler of the time and every charge against her there was no proof of so like it's just oh like a woman in power let's mess with her game alice kyler who was ireland's first witch supposedly and she was a woman who had power i mean she may have it's quite likely she poisoned her husbands but the point is were they nice people Mm. 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 and yes so i know this is a long intro today but here's the thing i have also an issue with cultural erasure so i lived in scotland and i lived in ireland for like the majority of my formative years like between the two and in both instances i was made aware of the cultural erasure which happened between both countries as a result of colonization and i know this doesn't compare to like other places that have suffered more i'm i'm aware and if you want to be pedantic and bump your gums, whether it was 800 or 400 or 300 years of oppression, it doesn't matter because the oppression still happened for literal centuries to the point that we still have generational trauma like deeply ingrained in our DNA at this point. For centuries, people suffered at the hands of an oppressive force who tried to strip away their language their identity, their very lives, just so they could prosper. Like, that's the fact of it all. And I get really bothered when women are erased from history anyway. And I get more annoyed when people refuse to use the correct name because something else is easier. See, where I live, there has been an influx of years of of foreign nationalities to Ireland, which is actually very close to how Brehan Law used to work, we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But there are Bulgarians, and Poles, and Ukrainians, and Germans, and French, all pronouncing Irish place names. Like, it's going to sound different in an accent. I mean... I'll probably mispronounce things because I have an accent. Like, I don't even say the word road properly. I put an extra syllable in there that should not be there. Because I have this lovely Scottish brogue. And yes, I keep rolling my R's. I keep doing it. I know. Sometimes I put it in places that really shouldn't be, but I keep doing it. But what spurred this particular episode is I love Gronya O'Malley. I love Gronya Whale. I adore her. And... I had somebody contact me regarding doing an intro for their podcast about Granja O'Malley, but they called her Grace. And first things first, I'm like, thank you so much, that's, that's very kind of you, but I'm about to be really awkward because um, her name isn't Grace. And they're like, yeah, we know. I'm like, it's Granja. No, no, we know. And I was like, right, but her name is Granja. Like, that's her name. And um, and their response was like, they were so flippant about it. 
Um, and, you know, and then I thought maybe it's me overreacting. And then I, I, you know, relayed the conversation to, you know, a few friends of mine, you know, people who are more rational and reasonable than I am. And they agreed with me. They were like, no, this is not cool in any way. Like every Irish person I spoke to about it was very mad. And a lot of these people aren't really that fussed about, you know, a lot of things. But culture to the Irish is a big, it's a big deal, you know. And so, like, they're like, this podcast, they're like, oh, you know, you know, nobody's really searching for her name for so for SEO purposes. We're like, Grace O'Malley. And I'm like, right, okay. But here's the thing. I have quite literally put a book down and walked out of stores because they referred to her as Grace. Like, I have been, like, really interested and really engrossed and never wanted to buy, like, a book about lots of Irish women, for example, in history. And they will have referred to her as Grace. And I'm like, no. Because clearly you don't care enough about her to not call her by the proper name. And they say, they've put a thing up at the beginning of the episode saying that she was, you know, her, she was called this in life and then this after and whatnot. And I'm like, right, okay. But you do call her by her actual name, like, throughout the episode. And and their response, it bothered me so much because they were like, oh, well, you know us and our silly American accents and, oh, for the ease of storytelling, we called her Grace. And it's like, that's not her name. And like, oh, but it's anglicised. And I'm like, it's not anglicised. It's not anglicised. Because you know what the anglicised version of her name is? Granny. Which she was actually called during her lifetime. The reason the woman is called Grace now is because some biographer, several hundred years after she died, decided that Grace was a more palatable name. That's why. Because he didn't like her name. Some old English dude was like, no, I'm going to call her something else. I'm going to rename this woman. I'm going to remove her name. I'm going to remove her language and I'm going to remove her agency. That is why she's called Grace. And I refuse to stand by anybody who calls her that. Like, there was, like, I love Jen. And there was apparently, you know, a, a pirate queen Jen. But it called her Grace. And I was like, nope, never drinking that. Not happening. Like, I have quite literally fought museums. And biographers. And children's books. All of that. I have fought them over this. And their flippancy really bothered me. And I did send it to friends who are more rational and reasonable than I am. And they were also, they were also unhappy with this whole situation. And, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, you know what us Americans are like in our silly American accents? I'm like, no, I don't. Because I have volunteered with um, the Mary from Dunlow International Arts Festival. I've helped it with that a couple of years. And, and I also live in a tourist destination. So, shockingly enough, I deal with Americans quite a lot. I do see a fair amount of them. And the majority of them are so respectful. They will try and pronounce names. My dad's a Cockney, right? And he still calls it Donegal instead of Donegal, right? His little Cockney tongue just cannot wrap around those vowels properly. And that's fine. Like, I know I pronounce airs a bit wrong. I still try, you know? There are some words that I struggle to pronounce because of my accent, but near enough every single American that I have ever dealt with, especially those with Irish heritage, so respectful. They will try. And even if it sounds weird, 
they're gonna give it a go. And no offence. If you can say yawn, you can say groan. Gronya. Hardly a tongue twister, is it? You know what I mean? And here's the thing. Calling her Grace because it's easier? Oh, that's just class. Just throw some cultural identity out the window for some crack, yeah? And my friend Paul, he basically said that anglicised is just a bastardy way of saying lazy and ignorant. And like, I know I'm ranting at this point, but why acknowledge the error, but then continue using it? Wouldn't it be a good example to use the correct name, even if it's a known issue, so known that they bring it up? Like, isn't that the right thing to do? I mean, what is the point of having a history podcast if you're just going to shove two fingers up at a historical fact? At the end of the day, history should be provided by those who want to tell the truth, not just the colonised version of it. So, if you're Irish or Irish-American, or Irish-Canadian, or Irish-Mexican, I don't know, Australian, whatever. Or maybe you just care about cultural identity. Maybe you just care about culture. Maybe you just hate colonialism, right? I am genuinely imploring you to support this episode. I I don't have any other way to say it that I, I think she deserves her fucking name. I swore, I'm sorry, but I'm just means so much to me. Like, if you were listening to this, if you're my follower, if you're a fan, if you care about women or women's history or anything of it, share, like, comment, rate and review five stars. Just go hell for leather for me. Because I want to prove to these people, I want to prove to everybody who feels like she doesn't deserve her name because something else is easier for them. I want to show them that her having her name matters. Like, she deserves it. It's her name. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, quit your jibber-jabber and fact me. In fact, you are well. But first, we've got to get our source on. Our sources are... Gronya O'Malley, The Irish Pirate Queen by Anne Chambers. Gronya Wheel, The Pirate Queen by Patrick Flanny. Gronya Whale, The Pirate Queen, by John and Fatty Burke. And Gronya Whale, The Irish Pirate Queen, by Who Did What Now Podcast. Obviously we have History.com, Biography.com, all of the good ones. And now, after the longest intro I think I have ever recorded, I use it uncomfortably. Good. Then let's begin. Our story starts in Ireland which has been consistently raided and attacked and pillaged. Not entirely sure what pillage is. Something to do with hay. Yes, I did take that joke from a Tommy Tiernan uh, show like 20 years ago. Cheers, Tommy. Loved you in Dairy Girls. So yeah, back in the day, in the 1500s, you know, England had kind of a rule over Ireland. Kind of. So like, The Normans came in and they were like the 13th century. And the thing about the Normans is like the Vikings and the Normans and like a bunch of like the people who settled, you know, they just kind of fell into Brehan Law. Brehan Law is like one of the oldest like law systems, I think, in Europe. I'm not entirely sure. It's a little before my knowledge base. And 
Britain law had like wonderful things because like it's this whole concept of how people think Ireland is very homogenous but it's not it's always been very like like it welcomed foreigners and I think the anarchist leak did it pretty well when he was saying that there was basically three rules either you come in and you accept the laws and the rules of of Bren law and Irish culture and whatnot and that's good or you don't accept it and you leave or you don't accept it and stay and then we fight you know that's basically it and the Norse Gales and the Normans and all that they would start intermarrying with you know families of Gaelic chieftains like they would intermarry because you know you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar and a lot of the time they would just adopt culture and the way things worked because it was easier you know once they had settled which is kind of funny when you think about it because the rights that like Norse women had and the rights that Irish women had under Britain law very similar like they had like life was pretty good for them you know what I mean compared to like other places in Europe but yeah so there's raids and and invasions and stuff and then England basically has control around the pale by the time Henry VIII is crowned king of Ireland because of course he is of course he is because he has to grab another territory, especially when he loses Calais to the French king because he's constantly in a dick measuring contest with him, but that's neither here nor there. So when Edward takes the throne, right, he doesn't really do much, not really. But when Mary I is crowned Queen of England, she decides she's going to, like, take over. She's going to do the plantations in Ireland. And so she sends people out to, well... King's County and Queen's County, which is awfully in leash, leash and awfully, but yeah. And they take over like existing forts that the Normans had built like for yonks ago. And they do that. And I think I covered this in the Queen Mary the First uh, podcast episode. They're like, because they weren't allowed to like hire Irish people or like fraternize with them, and because they had to basically protect themselves. They didn't really gain anything because they were constantly being raided by clans and whatnot. So they were just, they were, it just failed miserably. By the time Elizabeth gets on the throne, she just starts planting them all through Connacht. She's like, I'm putting them in there. Yes, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Then when James takes, it's just the plantation of Ulster. It's, uh, it just gets worse the further you go, you know. But yeah, roll back, Henry VIII, he's still married to Catherine of Aragon, but he is chasing Anne Boleyn. It's about 1530-ish, because it's a woman from history, why would we have a date of birth? Why would we have anything exact? Of course we don't. We don't. Meh. No. Nah. So yeah, about 1530, Cronia O'Malley is born. And she is born into the infamous O'Malley clan. Now they are a seafaring clan. I bloody love pirates. I do. I love pirates. I love buccaneers and privateers and everything in between. I love them. And so the O'Malleys are this seafaring clan on the west coast of Ireland. And they rule over um, the baronies of Morrisk and Burstock and all the land around Clue Bay, like, although, Mayo, they're in Mayo, right? 
And these lands, they're basically known as, you know, like part of the Kingdom of Ireland. So they don't accept English rule. They don't accept that Henry, King of England, Lord of Ireland, eh, eh, no, you're not, no thanks. They just don't accept that. And this is an Anglo-Norman area, which is another story for another day, but it was completely Gaelicised by the time Gronya comes along. So by the time she's born, it is Irish-speaking, it is Irish-cultured, it is Irish. Like, that's it. Gronya's dad, Owen Dudara O'Malley, he was, like, the head of the clan, the dynasty, all that shebang. And Gronya, she ends up being the only child between Owen and his wife, Maeve. She does have a half-brother, Donal, um, but if there was such a thing of, like, the heir, the next in line, it was her. So, like, in Ireland, titles and, and being in charge, being the ruler, being the head, right? Being the chief, whatever. It wasn't really a hereditary thing. You didn't just, like, get it given to you. Like, you weren't born with a title. You didn't just gain it, you know? Well, you could have been born with a title, but you wouldn't automatically be the next ruler because it didn't work like that. Like, rulers, chieftains, they would be voted in. So it was more of a best man for the job sort of thing, as opposed to fealty being sworn to the testicles. Like, a lot of the time that's how hereditary ruling works. You're basically just swearing allegiance to sperm. So, like, in Ireland, you wouldn't automatically become chief if your dad was chief. You know what I mean? You'd still own what you owned. You'd still have all your shit. But you wouldn't be the big boss. Yeah. The O'Malleys are a seafaring clan. And they have all these castles, like, dotted along the shoreline. And they would also, like, very cleverly, it's really smart, right? They would tax fishermen as well. So they'd have this very good defensive area. And then they would also tax people to, like, fish in their lovely fertile waters. It's bloody genius. So, like, they also, in addition, furthermore, offered safe passage through those dangerous waters all around the bay. You know. Uh, So, like, they were constantly finding ways to make money. And they would trade goods, you know abroad like they were very into trade as well it wasn't just you know steal shit from people many fingers many pies and so like they traded goods as far as spain and of course i mean they did steal some stuff right there was a bit of piracy obviously and uh yeah when ships would be headed into galway they'd raid them because they could now (laughs) they were so good at this they became infamous, and as such, the O'Malley clan is basically banned from Galway. And, which then is like an aerobarus, it's a snake eating its own tail, it kind of leads into itself, so because, you know, they're banned from Galway, they're like, right, okay, we're gonna just attack all the ships going into Galway and uh, pilfer all their stuff. Pilfer and pillage. Let's take it. It's fine. No worries. 
So um, they had all that, all of that income. But, you know, that's it's not steady sometimes. You don't know if there's going to be people travelling with trade goods, you know, and money and other stuff. And so on the back burner, they also had farmland, which they used. Because obviously they needed, like, wool for cloth and meat. I don't, not wool for meat, but, like, sheep. They'd probably eat them, I would assume. I feel like they would. Like, they would be useful. They want to make sure you're utilising all the animal, right? So they did have farmland, they did have all this other stuff, but they were really into, like, seafaring. Like, they liked the sea. So growing up, Gronya would have sort of known this. She would have gone out in the ship with her dad and she would have been involved, right? And growing up, she probably would have spent a lot of time at Clear Island in Clue Bay. But there is always the possibility, it's quite likely, that she was fostered out at some point to another family. And it was like really common at the time because uh, it was, you know, for it was twofold, right? So first things first, you would be protecting your heirs because they're away and they're being like taken care of. Especially if you're out like raiding and pirating and whatnot. And the second thing is, it was a really good way to create and or maintain a political alliance. Which, as I'm sure you know, is the way a lot of marriages happened way back in the day, especially with people of power, you know. And when Gronya, she's a kid, or so the legend goes, she says, she asks her dad if she can go out sailing, if she can join him. And he says to her, like, hmm... No, you can't. Like, your long, lovely hair. You know, those locks, they're going to get caught in the ship's ropes. Now, here's the thing. Kids, in general, they're unintentionally cunning. And kid logic is... It is a power to behold, really. And a lot of the time, for them, it is very much... What is the quickest and simplest solution to this problem? What is the issue? How do I resolve it? And to a child, to Gronya, problem. Hair too long. Solution, make hair short. Because that's the typical kid solution, isn't it? Hair too long, make hair short. Mm hmm. And like, I, I can just imagine Gronya like lobbing her hair off in like the Milan cartoon style, just like, whoo, like, off i mean you know it, it, i'd like to think it was like a smooth thing but it could have been like put it down chopped with an axe or uh sawing through it with like the first knife she finds like did they have scissors in the 1500s like i'm gonna have to look that up because i'm suddenly confused by myself no you know what Shears existed from like the year like three or four thousand CE, so you know what? Um, she probably just cut them with like ye old scissors, or like so. I mean, maybe she did saw it away with like an old knife, you know, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, this is basically where her nickname comes from, Gronya Wheel, which basically means <laughs> bald Gronya, because wheel means bald, right? Gronya whale. Bald Gronya. Because she chopped off a massive chunk of her hair because she was like, I'm going on that bloody ship. 
Like, I'm getting there. You know what I mean? Because she wanted to get on that damn ship. So she does this to get on the ship. And I could only imagine the dad just being like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, what? how did I get myself in this mess? Like, yeah, don't mess with kid logic. They will come for you. Like, you ever tell a kid you're going to go do something? They will always remember. Always. So, as Gronya gets older anyway, she starts learning the ropes. She's uh, learning the ropes because she's hoisting the sails and the... Sh- Never mind. It's fine. It's not... So, yeah, she learns everything. She's on the ship. She's learning to sail. She's learning to lead. But because, obviously, she's Owen O'Malley's daughter, right? She needs to be protected. Like, that's the whole thing. So, she basically gets trained it gets you know conditioned into her or they try to they're like you know if anything happens if the shit hits the fan you get below deck and you hide like that is her mission that's her job things go bad you hide right you get the heck out of dodge unfortunately um mm, Gronya wasn't really feeling this safety procedure you know, she didn't really want to have her tray table up in her seat in the fully upright position. She just wasn't having it. Because she's out sailing with the family one day, with her dad anyway, and there's this attack, right? And the way below gets blocked, so Gronya can't actually do the thing she's supposed to do. And um, she sees someone, like, just about to get her dad. And she's like, oh no, fuck this for a game of soldiers. And so she jumps on him with a knife she has somehow acquired. I don't judge why children have knives on pirate ships. I don't judge. And so she jumps on this dude who's about to kill her dad. And she just like, stabby, stab, stab. And saves her dad from certain death really because he was he was going to be a goner if this did go him like but no we gronya going all well scarlet on him stop see gronya didn't just have like the seafaring education she had an actual education she was really well educated for the time actually so she had all of like the social and ruling knowledge you know she had her place in society and it's generally agreed upon that because of the nature of her way of life and international trade and the like, that she would have learned a bunch of languages, right? So she spoke uh, Scots, Spanish, Irish, Latin, and here's the thing. Now, I like to think that Gronya could speak English. She just chose not to, out of pettiness and spite. Because the woman had an ear for languages and she spoke a good few of them. So it would be surprising that she couldn't speak English. Although English is like four languages in a trench coat. So maybe she couldn't. Or maybe she just deliberately chose not to learn it. Again, out of spite. And like, so she's well educated, she's, you know, learned the ways of the world, she's learned the ways of society. But like somewhere during her childhood, I think she's like eight or ten or something, like her mum dies, right? 
And that's one of the reasons why she ends up spending so much time with her dad. Just because, yeah, what else is he going to do? And he very much trains her to be a ruler, you know? Like, he gives her all the opportunities. Uh, This is, I kind of feel like going, nepo baby, nepo baby. But yeah, like, he trains her more than he trains his, like, other son. Don't know, you know what I mean? And when Gronya hits 16, like, again, political alliances, it's a whole thing. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everybody shush. William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. In 1546, she marries Donald O'Hoge O'Flaherty. And, like, this is this absolutely astounding political match. He was, like, the Tanisha to the O'Flaherty clan. Uh, so, the Tanisha is, like, second in line. So, he's, like, the right-hand man. You know what I mean? Like, so between the two of them and all the stuff they've got going on, uh, they have ridiculous power and if they're consolidating it like this is massive massive power in the hands of these two people and like for him to marry Gronya, there's a, a dowry what was that and the thing about marriages under Brehan law in ireland was that you know everything that the woman has the dowry and everything else that she has entering the marriage, everything she owns, right? When she leaves that marriage, she takes everything back with her. So she has like land and animals and like a bunch of ships. So she has all of this when she enters this marriage at 16, right? She enters her marriage with her own wealth. She's independently wealthy under Bren Law. But also, she's able to gain more wealth and property. Like, she's allowed to become wealthier. She is allowed to own things and to gain more money and, you know, stuff. But, like, everything she owns 
is still hers. Like it doesn't automatically become his. So if the marriage dissolves, if she leaves the marriage, and um, she can take it with her. Now, as it turns out, Donal, uh, he was neither a great husband nor a great leader. I mean, like, he kind of sucked, to be honest. He has a really quick temper. It's also really bad. It's foul is the word used most often, actually. And he was uh, the man... You know how I said about Henry VIII and the King of France? Like, this dude has the same energy. Like, he was constantly, like, getting into skirmishes with neighbouring clans. He would just constantly go out and just fight for the bloody sake of it, right? And they're married for, what, 18 years? And they end up having, like, three kids together. So they have Owen, Maeve and Murphy. Um, and Murphy is actually Murcha. Murcha. Murcha? Remember how I said I say words wrong? I have a feeling I've said Murcha's name wrong. Like, I tried to Google it and I tried to ask my friends and none of them are answering me. Um, the worst thing is, have I probably said it correctly in another one? Like, that, so that would be very embarrassing. So, Marka, he's born on a ship. And, yeah, yeah. Marka, Marka, one of them go back to me. Marka, okay, great. So, Marka is born on a ship. And over this course of this marriage, like, she is, she's doing her bit. She is earning money, she's sailing, she's trading. And Murka gets, he's born in a ship, right? And a few days after giving birth, the ship is attacked. And again, because she just can't help herself, instead of hiding, like she grabs, she grabs her stuff and she just joins the fight. And she wins because of course she does. So yeah, they're married 18 years. And during this time, she is doing her bit. She is, I mean, she is like the better leader out the two. And by 1564, like, lower-ranking sort of members of the Flaherty clan, they want to, like, expand, right? And, um, so they're, like, they want to, you know, make it better. They want larger territory. And the crown, the crown wants to support this cause, you know, because it's beneficial to them because it works, you know what I mean? And good Queen Bess, she has ascended the throne. We've had a couple of monarchs since Gronya's been born. And she had her sights set on Ireland, but she wanted to get rid of some of these warring clans and she wanted people who were, you know, subservient, who would bend the knee. So, this clan, they want to expand, and yeah. Before uh, Donal, the, you know, aforementioned hot-tempered man, had a chance to respond or retaliate, um, 
he was unfortunately slain by the Joyces. And Gronya, well, her husband's just been murdered. That's not nice. You know, who has time to cry over dead husbands? And um, again, Gronya gets to leave the marriage with everything she entered and everything she gained. So she grabs her gear, her wealth, her livestock and her three ships. That being said, she also brings along 200 fighting men. Now, she vacates Bonowen Castle and goes back to Clue Bay. But like, let's take this into consideration a wee bit, right? She gained the respect and the allegiance of 200 fighting men. 200. Like, she would have to be a good leader. She would have had to have earned their respect because they wouldn't have just followed her blindly. Like, and during the time of, like, Donald's death, there were, there were reports in Dublin of, um, ships pirating and she's like, totally wasn't us, totally wasn't us. Oh, and by the way, do you want these 200 fighting men on your side? You know, just as a compromise, just to help you, uh, you know, convenient. But Gronya, Gronya is one of my favourite vengeful women because like her first husband's been killed and she doesn't let it lie whether or not like she actually cared for him whom's to say but when Donald is murdered when he is slain she either lays siege or repels a siege it's kind of fuzzy on that detail I mean but it's Gronya, so you know 50-50 It's more than a 50-50 chance. Like, it's, it's more like a 90-10. Uh, she... It was probably her laying siege. That's her. She probably attacked first, because... Yeah. So, she lays a siege on Cox Castle. I'm not making this up. This isn't a euphemism for something. She raids Cox Castle, and she wins. And then she names it Hen's Castle in her honour, because she's like... Mm-hmm. Just to let you know, you were beaten by a woman and that I now own you, bitch. Like, that's what that's about. So she does that and off she pops. Back to Clube, back to Clear Island, etc. Back to do her thing. She's a woman. She has needs. And she briefly takes a lover. As she should. And um, the lover is supposedly a shipwrecked sailor. He could be. I mean... From where? Whom's to say? But she found him on the beach like uh, the Prince Eric found Ariel. He's like, yeah, that'll do. She's like, hmm, you're fun. You're mine now. So he gets slain by the McMahons of Ballyvay, right? And again, being the calm, collected, reasonable person she is, she seeks vengeance, attacks the McMahons, um, she goes to the castle of Duna in Blacksod, right? And, um, she just goes in and just whoosh, gets rid of her lover's killer. Like, he is also slain now. Adios. Which she may have said because she did, in fact, speak Spanish. That's if they even said adios back then because, you know, words change over time. So about 
Two years after the death of her first husband, Gronje remarries. And she marries Richard Alarosa Burke. And Burke is her second husband. Um, but he's also known as Iron Richard. I mean, it's not the worst nickname I've ever heard. I'm just saying. Mm. So they have one kid together and that is Chibuch Burke. And he would end up becoming the first Viscount of Mayo. Now, wait, was he the one that was born at sea? Is Murcha a girl's name? Wait a minute. Hmm. Maybe it was this one that was born at sea. Oh my goodness, I don't know which one it was. You know, here I am going on about women and their stories and everything needs to be correct and I can't remember which child was born at sea. I feel like... Hmm. I feel like, yeah. I definitely got it right last time. This is... I mean, you can't shame the shameless, but... Oh dear. But yeah. So, her second husband, Bart... Now, this may come as a surprise, but he was also a crappy husband. Like, to the point that when he left, right? To do whatever he did. I don't care about him. Um... Gronje basically locks the doors and yells out of a window to Iron Dick. Richard Burke, I dismiss you. And that was that. Because there's this whole thing with Bretton Law where you can, like, divorce your husband by uh, shouting out a window at him. Fucking love it. That's just quality. And, um, yeah, she gets to keep the castle... And she also keeps Iron Dick as an ally? Like, that's ridiculous. So, she stays in the O'Malley Castle in the summer because it's a stronghold. It's strategically, like, the best place to be. It's right in the centre of her sea kingdom. And, like, it is home alone up to the hilt. It has got smoke signals, booby traps... It has, like, all these different ways of, like, sending and relaying, like, and receiving messages. There's a rope that leads from her bed to a ship. Like, zoom, zoom, zoom. Pretty handy. She also had this thing where the way the castle was built, because most people were right-handed, that when you went up, like, the stairs of the castle, you would have to fight left-handed to make it more awkward, you wouldn't be able to hold the sword in your dominant hand. Again, unless you were a lefty. And, like, if you were part of, you know, an oppressive force at that time, chances are, you know, the Catholic was going to smack the leftiness out of you. So, eh. So, like, during this time, she's still known, I think, as Lady Bark. And Sir Richard Bingham, well... He's been sent to Ireland to, like, be the right hand of the Queen over there and whatnot. And he absolutely despises Gronya. And um, in 1576, he writes a letter stating that she was responsible and or involved in every single rebellion against the Crown over the last 40 years. Because the Crown has taken power all over the shop. 
And lo and behold, the arsehole Bingham is like, oh yeah, this woman's definitely to blame. And yeah, Gronya's no fool. So yeah, when she sees the Lord Deputy Sir Henry Sidney, she offers her 200 fighting men, she offers her three galleys, she offers it. You know? Because um, he was trying to get everyone to like pay more taxes and people just weren't doing it. And they were like rebelling and fighting and stuff. So she offers, you know, help. And he's like, ha lady, no, I'm good. He's like one of the people who called her like grainy or granny. You know what I mean? But yeah, within three weeks, three weeks of this offer to the Lord Deputy, she sets off. She's away to plunder and whatnot. And uh, then she gets captured and she's kept for a bit. And then she's sent to Dublin and she's sent in chains. And at this point, she's going to be like... She's 48-ish, almost 50, and she is sent there as, like, this demonstration of lying to the crown. Let me, she did offer you help, and then she went off pirating, because, like, you can't be pirating, and she's like, I'm not pirating, and then she goes off and pirates, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, she gets kept in for, like, nearly a year and they release her in 1579 and uh she gets sent back to Karagahuli and she gets besieged so Captain Marlin he gets her for her pirating escapades but um this is not Gronya's first rodeo and she scares the bugger off and then, a year later, Iron Dick, he becomes Lord Burke. And because he's still under English, like, consideration, he is still seen as married to Gronya. So Gronya gets awarded the title of Lady Burke. Because, yeah, appeasement. That's totally going to work for her. Mm-hmm. Giving her a fancy title. Yeah. But she gets, like, a new castle, she gets a new title, and they think, you know, this will be enough for her to calm down and not be involved in every single rebellion over the next 40 years. Uh Uh-huh. Great. Sure. Um, three years later, though, oh, unfortunately, Iron Deck, he dies of natural causes. And Gronya, she's been through this before, she knows the whole spiel. So, she packs her bag, she grabs her followers, her, you know, 1,000 head of cows, her males, and uh, her fighting men, her galleys, and she heads back to Karagahili. And she's 53. She's independent. Why? Why would she get involved in anything nefarious? Hmm? Because some people just love the sea right they just they just like it because when you're a professional pirate you don't have to wear a suit and yeah why would she do that anyway 1584 rolls round and sir john perrot he is appointed the lord deputy with our dear old friend richard bingham as the provincial president of connacht and my god that man 
hates the Irish, and he despises Gronio with a fiery passion. So, Perrot, he's trying to catch more flies with honey than vinegar, and Bingham, he very much prefers the stick to the carrot. So the Barks, they start rebelling. Bingham, he is unnecessarily cruel. So he sends his brother to go kill Ono Flaherty, Gronya's oldest son, right? So Gronya invites, you know, Bingham's brother in. He offers him hospitality, right? Like Game of Thrones, like the phrase, like, you eat in the house, it's a whole thing. So they get in there, and Owen O'Flaherty, he offers, you know, food, wine, everything, a lovely dinner, and what does he get? Stabbed. He gets stabbed. Twelve times, in fact. And, again, in a move that should surprise absolutely nobody, Gronya decides to join the rebellion. And Bingham, for his just uncouth act, he gets sent to help the Dutch with their, like, uh, fight against Spain. And while he's away, Gronya sails round to the Pale, right? And she asks Pearl for a pardon for her and her children for their past offences. And he's like, absolutely, no problem, barely an inconvenience. And, yeah, all is well. Everything's good. 1588 rolls around and the Spanish Armada is coming in. Unfortunately, the the Spanish Armada had to deal with weather, which was the main... If it didn't have a storm, if things didn't go badly, English history, I think, would be very different now. But so, Spanish Armada happens... People get washed up on the shore. And as far as we know, Gronya was involved in saving Spaniards. Because one of her main trade routes was Spain. She spoke Spanish. And there's a rumour that she like saved a bunch of Spaniards and brought them over to Scotland where they were safe. You know, from Elizabeth. Or so they say. But yeah, it's 1588, Perrot is replaced with Fitzwilliams, Bingham returns and just fucks everything up. He's killing, he's laying waste to the land and the people. In Fitzwilliam, he tries to rein him in, but um, does not work. And uh, Bingham gets tried. But, you know, again, rich white dude, mm, he gets acquitted. Kill surprise. And because he's not happy with, you know, the amount of suffering he's already caused, Bingham returns to Connacht and is well mad. And he is absolutely hell-bent on destroying Gronya. And when she is out at sea, destroys her lands at Cargohulli, right? And somehow, some way, he aligns himself with Marika, her, her son, Marika O'Flaherty. So, she is well mad about this and Gronya just like straight up removes him from her will and um, she just basically denounces him, you know, removes him from her life, the whole shebang, cuts him out. Oh, yeah, and then she torches all of his shit. 
Like, she just sets it on fire. And yeah, all of Gronje's fleet ends up impounded. So, by 1592, Chibaj, he is held captive by Bingham. And Gronje is just not happy. She's not in it for this. And she is genuinely worried that her youngest child is going to be executed because he's like linked to the rebellion with the Earl of Tyrone. It's a whole thing. And she needs to put a stop to this. So like the following year, she ends up going all the way to the top. She goes above Bingham's head. She goes straight to the manager and requests an audience with Queen Elizabeth I. So she shows up in Greenwich Castle, right? To meet Queen Bess, right? She gets frisked and they find a dagger on her and she's like, protection though, innit? Like, she's like, of course I'm going to show up with a knife. I am in an enemy's like location. It would be stupid for me not to. And they're like, fair enough, but we're still going to take it from you, you know? And so she sneezes. She's like, her allergies are playing up or whatever. Hims to say. And she's given a handkerchief. So she blows her nose and then throws like the handkerchief into the fire. Like, and the courtiers and everyone, you know, there, so everyone at court, like all of the gentry, everyone surrounding, everyone is absolutely appalled at this. They are shocked. They are aghast. And um, they're like, what is this horrible act that has been committed upon us? And um, Gronje's like, what? It was dirty, so I got rid of it. Like, I think it's more of a shock value thing. She did it just to go boo at them, you know? Uh, she was like, oh no, I bought a hanky. What are you going to do? Ooh. So she ends up chatting to good Queen Bess, right? She's chatting to Elizabeth. I don't know why I call her good as if she was. She was an arsehole like everybody else. So they're chatting in Latin. Because Elizabeth doesn't speak any Irish and Gronje apparently speaks no English. And Gronje's, I mean, she's far pushing it at this point, you know, she's old. And she says to Elizabeth, you know, listen, I was seafaring, I was buccaneering, I, I was I was pillaging and pilfering and plundering and other words beginning with P because we like alliteration here. I did all that because it was out of necessity. I, a poor woman with terrible husbands. Ugh, am I right? You know, and Bingham has it out for me. And, you know, and I had to do it for my own safety. And I just want to go and live a farmer's life, which would be nice if this dude didn't destroy all my shit. You know, it would be great. That's all I want to do. Unsurprisingly, Bingham is pissed massively pissed at this information and so he he tries to like flee but he gets arrested in england um i mean it's not too long before he ends up back in ireland because again rich white dudes you know i mean members of the gentry things are gonna go well for him he's fine you know whatever so elizabeth she believes gronya and she you know says that she will be a loyal subject upon receiving a small pension and other such goods, right? She's like, I have appeased her. In my infinite wisdom, I am correct. And she is, you know, mm. like, 
It's actually really funny though, because like, see, when she met her, she wouldn't curtsy to the queen, because she's like, "I am the queen of Ireland. Why would I curtsy to you?" Like, we're both queens. Deal with it. So, yeah, <laughs> Bingham, he's incensed, right? He's just so mad about this, and he just lays chaos and just he just keeps wailing on Gronya. he just makes things difficult for her continuously like consistently one after another in a row just one dodgy piece of thing after another right and Gronya is like oh, really right fine and she returns to seafaring in pirating ways like in 1795 like she's like oh man is he up to this stuff again i better get out my boat and there's reports of her being an elderly woman like she's almost 80 and she's pirating like that's i mean that's just impressive and by 1597 just two years after this the Burke family, they end up with a tidy wee sum, right? They get a nice wee chunk of change for uh, helping the crown. Like, that's good for them, I guess. Don't know what they did. They just kind of showed up and were like, look, we're here, we're helping. Hi. But even then, you cannot keep Gronya off a boat. Like, there are reports and sightings of her up until 1601. So she's, like, in her 80s. Still doing all this stuff it's oh, oh. but in 1603 age finally catches up with Gronya and she dies of natural causes or I don't know at this point I think the sea just claimed her they're like come on now honey you're one of us and that is the story of Gronya Wheel Gronya O'Malley Ireland's pirate queen. So what did we learn today? We learned that I, like Gronya O'Malley, am also petty. Yay. Uh, that, you know, pirating has no age limit. That's good. And, um, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Like, every time someone, like, near her is executed, she's like, I'm coming for you. I'ma get you and I'ma burn it down and I appreciate that level of passion I really do and of course if you liked this episode please rate and review five stars if you haven't already it means the world to me you have no idea and share this episode share it everywhere share it privately share it publicly or from Spotify from Apple Podcasts from Google Podcasts for wherever you listen to your podcasts it would mean you have no idea. I want Gronya's name to be accepted as part of her and not have something else slapped on her just because it's more palatable for those who refuse to call her by her name. Now don't forget you can follow me on social media. I am on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. All the links are going to be down below. If you are looking to go to the Heartland Pagan Festival on May Memorial Weekend. Yes, I'm going to be there. There's going to be three workshops, one talk, 
and a live podcast recording. And so link is in the description down below. And Katie 10, Katie 10, K-A-T-I-E 10 will get you a discount code. Yay! If there is a discount code, you'll get a discount. Trying to think what else for today. If you want to do the survey, do the survey. Again, link is there. See how you get on. But yeah, mainly I just want everybody sharing. I just, I want her story out there. I know it's just, it's kind of fragmented because we don't have a clear history about her because history in Ireland is oral. Oral? Oral. Oral. One of those heard, spoken, mm. Mm, one of those. So we don't necessarily have the perfect timeline, but we do our best with what we have. Oh yeah, merch. There's merch link uh, down below as well. Merch is finally here. Huzzah! And I'm I'm working on some exclusive merch for the Patreon, but that is coming. Oh my recommendation time. I can't leave without recommendation time. Of course. So listening. So I have been listening to the song Pretty Boys by Katie Bear on repeat. It is so good. It is far too correct, actually. And yeah, it is brilliant. You should definitely listen to it. It's amazing. She's on Spotify. She's great. Um, she's also on TikTok. It's so good. Pretty boys, they got nothing else to give. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, and book-wise, you should read A Bloody Good Massacre by my friend, the good Honourable Reverend David Scott. He's not actually a reverend, it's a it's a long story. It's a joke. But yeah, David Scott, the author, you should go read Bloody Good Massacre. It's on like Amazon and Waterstones and just places. Go read. Now, for watching. For watching. You know what I want you to do? I want you to go watch A Muppet Treasure Island, actually. Because that is a quality movie. The songs you cannot get anywhere. Big shame. I mean Tim Curry is amazing, frankly. And that wee fella who went on to be a comedian, I'm sure he's doing great. But yeah, Muppet Treasure Island is a quality all-year-round film. Obviously, Christmas Carol is peak, isn't it? But we watch that at Christmas. Treasure Island has... It has Tim Curry. And instead of a parrot, he has a lobster. I mean, what more do you want in a movie, right? Again, to be super annoying, I know, I know, I know. But like this, share this, and if you do listen to this on streaming stuff, you can download it as well and it adds something. I don't know how the algorithm works, but if you download it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it does a thing. Apparently it boosts stuff up. If you are rating and reviewing, if you write stuff in the box, it somehow boosts the review. I, I don't have the answers, but the technology does a thing. But without further ado, I I really hope that this episode does well. I really do, because it just means so much to me. But yes, I am going to say goodnight to you all. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you. You're amazing. But I shall bid you farewell. Adios. Au revoir. Au revoir, my friends. Bye-bye.